Hey, it's Kylie Unell. My podcast, 49 Days to Stretch My Soul, is airing each weekday between Passover and Shavuot and follows my daily journey to stretch my soul during these spiritual days. We also wanted to give unorthodox listeners a special weekly window into my Omer counting journey. So here's the past week on 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Monday. Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. It has been three full weeks of Svirat HaOmer, and we are now entering into week four, which is basically the halfway point. We've reached the week that I dread the most, which probably means it's the week I'm most strongly connected to. That week is Netzach, which means perseverance, endurance, and the ability to withstand things that are very difficult and just keep going. As usual, I start off the week getting an understanding of what the week has in store for me from Dasi Zar, Sphira expert and co-director of Chabad House Bowery's young professional branch, Elas Atid. As Dasi has done every single week, she is going to enlighten me as to what it means to live in a state of perseverance and balance that attribute in myself. Hi, Dasi. Hi, Kylie. We're back. We are back. We are so deep in it. We are so deep in We're it. We're so deep. It's starting to get confusing, which I think means that it's it's really happening. Yes, exactly. All that like chesed, it's like, okay, I get it. And then once we hit this point, we're like, I have no idea what's happening now. Yes. It's very strange. It's yes. very, very strange. And I think the reason for that is because those top three, the chesed, givora, and tiferet, really are in theory... Once we get into these lower spheroids, it's like, now it's getting real. Yeah. Shiz is getting real. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. I feel like the week of Netzach would always hit in my life during the summer when I had a paper due or when I was doing something that I had really put off for a long time. And then I would reach this week and I was like, it's go time. And it was scary. And then I'd reach the end and I'd be like, thank God this is over. But that was just my own, like, experience of it. That was my own completely amateur idea of what mm. Netzach was. Tell me about Netzach. What does that, what does it mean? Yeah, so Netzach is loosely translated as victory. Okay. Victory, endurance, perseverance. So now we're past the chesed of flow and expansion, and it's all beautiful, and I'm just going to go with it. And now we're like, oh, gosh, it's the fourth quarter. The game is at a tie. You're tired and you're like about to throw in the towel and you get that pep talk and you're like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this through. There's pressure. You're exhausted. You've been at whatever challenge you're at in your life. You've been at it and you could just deflate. You could be down to throw in the towel and be like, I can't anymore. Like I'm done. Netzach energy is about getting back in the game full force Remotivating, getting inspired, recommitting to the goal, being connected to the mission, keeping your eye on the prize, yeah. and being like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> your energy right now is peak Netzach. <laughs> I like, feel so reinvigorated. <laughs> yeah. I think also, like, self compassion is something that's really new for me. Mm. <laughs> learning to speak nicely to myself and, and also learning that I have within me the affirmation that I need, Mm. that seeking it from outside isn't necessarily going to fill me. And I think with the first couple of weeks, I was able to build on it. I was learning a new skill of being able to give myself the compassion that I needed. 
and I honed that and I gave myself space. And then once things start to get hard, like it, it's kind of easy to do it when it's new. Now we're four weeks into this and it's a little harder and the, I'm like kind of sick of it. That's so it. Okay, it's good. like the dust has settled, the inspiration has faded. You're not excited, right? It's like yeah. that that lust phase in the relationship is gone and now you're like, peace. Like <laughs> I'm out, <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. all the stuff starts to surface. Yeah. And it's very easy to get filled with self-doubt get discouraged and be done yeah but there's also an aspect of okay let's go deeper than that why was I why did I start this what was inspiring about it yeah because there is something that was obviously there yeah can I reconnect to that can I let that fill me up can I get reinvigorated so it's it's hard it's really hard work to get to that place. And we live in a culture where everything's so disposable. We could drop this, do that, ba ba ba. You know, even, yeah. like, your job. Like, who ke- who holds on to a job for more than a year? <laughs> but there's also an aspect of, like, continuity and fortitude that we need to really tap into. I think in our relationships. For sure. Right? For sure. Commitments that we make to ourselves that are really important. Yeah. That we can easily get discouraged around. You know, we fall. But an ability to be agile and get back up, that's not tough. That's a hard one to hone. It's one that I'm definitely honing in my personal life through my commitment to become a doctor of philosophy. And there's that question in the middle of it of can I do it? Do I have what it takes to do it? It was really exciting in the beginning. Same with my relationship. I have a loving partner. Really exciting when it was the vision of a perfect partner and then you get into it and you're like, this person has this to deal with. I love you. (laughs) You have this to deal with and this and this and can I handle this? It becomes real. And so the idea that you had, which was so nice, grad school was such a great idea and I was going to be so great at it. It has been so hard to continue through it, but I made that commitment and, and trying to find the thing that I connected to in the beginning that had me wanting to do this is a struggle. Mm. And so I guess I'm wondering what hope is there in Netzach? Like, cause this is just that middle point and we still have three weeks to go. What do we have to kind of look forward to? How do we keep going? What do we, what do we latch onto in this week? Yeah. So I would say like an important little tidbit to hold on to this week is when you decide you want to do something The reason why you want to do that may evolve, Mm. meaning it's okay to evolve your reason around why you want to recommit yourself to something. That deepens your connection to that thing, right? Mm. So the in the beginning of your love relationship, it could be like, yeah, I love having like I have a companion. Yeah, and then with time, hopefully that evolves. It's like, no, I want to be giving. I want to establish a long term relationship. I want to share. A life. It just evolves and evolves and evolves. Yeah. Netzach is a lot about re-strategizing, figuring out how to deepen, mm. how to cut more facets into the diamonds, right? Look at it from a different angle and go deeper and deeper and deeper. You're kind of digging into yourself, peeling layers away, and getting recommitted. So it builds off of last week of Tiferet. Because last week we we started to cultivate the skill of being able to meet situations as mm. they arise, and now mm. we're like in it, and we're we're saying that I will meet this situation, and if I feel differently about a thing, a commitment, I will 
reevaluate and also figure out how to commit myself to this in a way that is true to me in this moment now. Yes. And you'll and something that you touched on was that some of the spherot are self-oriented and those center ones, the Tiferet, Yisod, and Malchut, are about other mm. and connecting outwardly. So there are certain stages in your life where you need to really get deep in yourself and figure out why are you doing this. Yeah. And then you need to kind of let go of that and be like, well, what's the bigger picture here? Thank you. <laughs> And with that, I go out into another week and I practice Netzach. I practice endurance. So I'm going to read something that's going to help me get into this. I'm going to do something that will actually help me embody Netzach. And then I'm going to talk to somebody who is in it, somebody who is persevering, somebody who has persevered, and see how I feel about this at the end. Tuesday. Hey, it's Kylie and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Just like every Tuesday, this week I'm reading something to help me understand this week's attribute of netzach, or perseverance. But before I get to my reading, let me tell you about this thing that happened to me. It was two years ago and my boyfriend and I had just broken up. I was obsessed with what I could learn from the relationship and its ending. One day, I was walking down the street, carrying a coffee, being generally in denial of the fact that I was actually pretty sad. As I turned a corner, I looked up and saw an ad for the Hulu remake of the early 2000s movie, High Fidelity. The poster featured a picture of Zoe Kravitz with the words above it, breakups suck. I realized in that moment that that was it. Breakups just suck. I can obsess over how to make the most of the situation, which isn't a bad thing to do, but it's also okay for things to suck. And that is a big part of perseverance. Sometimes the things happening in life don't go right, and you just have to admit that and sit in it. I'm learning. The flip side of that is recognizing that perseverance is what makes us human. To capture that, I turn to Booker T. Washington, one of the most influential black leaders of the 20th century, and one half of the focus of my doctoral work. In a 1911 book called My Larger Education, Washington explains what makes a person successful. Now keep in mind that this was 1911 and not 2022. Washington uses the word men, but as a prominent educator of both men and women, when he uses the word men, he's using it in the human sense, encompassing both men and women. He writes... A wider acquaintance with men in all the grades of life taught me that the Negro's case is not peculiar. The majority of successful men are persons who have had difficulties to overcome, problems to master. And in overcoming those difficulties and mastering those problems, they have gained strength of mind and a clearness of vision that few persons who have lived a life of ease have been able to attain. Experience has taught me, in fact, that no man should be pitied because every day in life he faces a hard, stubborn problem, but rather that it is the man who has no problem to solve, no hardships to face who is to be pitied. His misfortune consists in the fact that he has nothing in his life which will strengthen and form his character, nothing to call out his latent powers and deepen and widen his hold on life. I want to say that when Booker T. Washington and I say success, we don't mean wealth. 
We've inherited this idea as a culture that success means making a lot of money, but in reality, it's much broader and it looks different for everybody. Human beings struggle. What Washington is careful to say is that, like success, everybody's struggle looks different. Some struggles appear to be harder than others, but ultimately, struggle and the spirit of netzach, or perseverance, that is born of it, is a gift and not a punishment. What I love most about this passage is the way that Washington frames clarity of vision as the win in perseverance. When you persevere through struggle, you learn more of what you really want. You clarify what your purpose is and what you need to do to achieve that. You also gain the strength of mind, really the stamina part of perseverance that you need to be successful in whatever you do. And so with the knowledge that perseverance and the struggle both suck, and that's okay, and is a part of understanding your soul, Tomorrow, I'm going to walk you through my own perseverance. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Wednesday. Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Week four is all about endurance and perseverance in your commitment. And I'm not sure what could be harder to endure than making a podcast that comes out every single weekday for seven weeks. It is a lot. So instead of doing something unique for this week's episode, my do this week is the thing that I have been doing for weeks and continue to do every day. This week, I'm taking you behind the scenes of this podcast to give you a taste of some endurance. If you listen to this podcast to the very end, you hear me list the names of the people involved in creating the podcast. Though I wish I could just show up and talk and that's it, it takes a team to get this show off the ground. A bunch of producers and I work together to think about the ideas, the delivery, fine-tune a script, and get these recorded in a way that makes everybody's lives easy, or at least as easy as they can be. Everybody on this team has a lot going on. This is just one of the podcasts the tablet produces. This being a daily podcast, it takes planning to nail down what we're going to do every week. I am super late to my early morning recording. <laughs> Feels really good to be out early. It does not happen often, certainly not at this time. <laughs> it's not even great. It's like 8.50. Good morning, sunshine. Okay, so if we could do 4.1, it would be oh, Why? But why word. is it that... Why is why would it be so good to get this done? Why would it be so good to not not get this done? Because it's so small. Because it will emotionally feel like we're already into it. Okay, that good that that worked. And like, can it literally be the same? Have you not written it? Four one. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Well, it's saucy because we need to. Start I know. Out. So I'm saying we're four weeks into counting of the Omer, and like every week I start talking to Dossie's yeah, yeah. R. Can it, I said that last week, but I just said three weeks. Uh-huh. Is that a problem? Uh huh. That no. is a problem. No. Seen problema. <sighs> Dossie is going to lay the groundwork for the attribute I'm focusing on this week. Netzach, which is traditionally understood as perseverance and victory. Can we just come ready? Now I'm ready to just do it next week. I'm so tired and like, get out of here. Really? Now I'm like, well, now I'm now he doesn't want to do it, so now I want to do it. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's only two oh eight. Let's get it done. Quick, 
Queen, go see what you can sort out, and then I'll help you sort it out. Okay? Yeah. Whoa. recorded a lot and met the time fly. It started at like 10. Holy crap. It's two. And then just breathe and let my little spirit come back in my body because it feels like it was taken out. Once that's done, it comes time to actually record what we worked on. Also not the easiest. Turns out recording is kind of a workout, and we are now entering into week four, which is basically the halfway point. We've we we've reached a week I went most. We've reached the week that I dread the most, which probably means which probably means it's the week I'm most strongly connected to. That week is Netzach which means perseverance, endurance, and the ability to withstand things that are very difficult and just keep going. I love creating this podcast, but it is work. Absolutely work. Total work. And sometimes I have no idea why I'm doing this, but then I'll listen back to it and hear how profound this is and the gift it offers. There is an Omer content out there, We're creating something that does not exist, and although I can forget that, that doesn't mean it's not important. And that's what I think Netzach is all about. Everything we commit to is hard at some points, but Netzach helps us remember that that's a part of doing anything. You need perseverance because you're always going to struggle with something. And with that, tomorrow I talk to a woman whose life in the kitchen is the archetype of perseverance. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Thursday. Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. One of my favorite things to do is cook for other people. I'll host anywhere between 15 to 20 friends, and I'll cook enough for 30 because that in my head feels like what you're supposed to do. While I'm totally into the hosting part, I'm not actually a huge fan of the cooking. It's the outcome that I love, sitting around the table with interesting people and hanging out over the food that I made. Cooking in and of itself is an act of perseverance for me. And this week, I'm talking to somebody who has taken cooking to the next level. Chef Einat Admoni is an Israeli chef, a restaurant owner, cookbook author, and a comedian. She opened an incredible falafel joint with the world's best fries, called Taim, and is the owner of Balabusta, an upscale Middle Eastern restaurant in New York's West Village. I first met Anat a few months back at an event she hosted at Balabusta, and like most Israelis with fiery personalities that I meet, I both fell in love with her and was scared of her. The woman works incredibly hard and is so good at what she does, all while maintaining the largest heart in the smallest package that I have ever seen. It was clear to me then, as much as now, that she has a lot to teach me about perseverance. Here's Anat. Hi, Anat. Hi, (laughs) Kaylee. It's funny because I know you're like, it's like, tell me you're Israeli without telling me you're Israeli. If I tell you my name is Kylie, Israelis say Kaylee, which is perfect. It's how I grew up. What I said, Kaylee? Yeah, it's it's what Israelis say. No, no, no. I want... I want Kaylee. the Israeli. Kaylee. 
I, it's my name is Haley. I think Haley. they changed name just because they're lazy and disrespectful mostly. <laughs> they're just like, oh, what is different between Adam and Adam? What is different between Kali and Kaylee? We are sitting in your beautiful restaurant where I first met you. This week we're talking about Netzach, which as an Israeli, you have probably your own understanding of it. But Kabbalistically, it's understood as perseverance, like the struggle to reaching victory, to reaching whatever your end goal is. And that's super broad. We can talk about that. So probably the first time I used the word Netzach is when I was 12 and I had a crush on a boy and I used to write, Einat and Orian la Netzach. <laughs> so I, that's probably the first time I used Netzach. <laughs> Which la Netzach is forever. Like that's yeah. another, it's literally, it's forever. Yeah. You're going to love me forever and ever. The thing with perseverance, when you're thinking about it is like, who do we talk to about this? And we thought about somebody who works in food. I cook, and for me, it feels like a lifetime to make anything. I love it, but it's like you sit with your hands and you're like cutting things. And Don't do these faces. I wish you would all see her. She makes this repulsive face like, oh, you do that with your hand. When I would talk about it, I would say, you would do that with your hands. And it would be so fun and so enjoyable. And it's... Therapeutic and yes. So this no. is the difference. I want to get to that place where doing things that take a long time are fun. But at this point, uh. endurance and the struggle are still hard. But also, you decided to open a restaurant. It's really freaking hard to open a restaurant and to do that. And so when it comes to thinking about struggle and persevering, I also cook for a lot of people. My like dinners are usually 20 people or something, and I spend really? time, yeah. So why the face before? I know, because it's like, first of all, cooking for myself compared to cooking for others, like, I don't know, the act of serving people something, it's, it takes on something different, but the act of just sitting there cooking is so long. It just takes hmm. a long time. And I see it as something to just get done as opposed to enjoying the process, which maybe you can teach me something about enjoying the process. Put some music and uh, I, I don't know. For yeah. me, it's a zen. For me, cooking, it's just a neat cooking to kind of not think about the hard stuff in life. How did you get into cooking? I don't know. I couldn't do anything else, actually. That's what I thought back then. I said I'm so not talented in anything, not educated, not smart enough, not, that's what I thought back then. So the one thing that makes sense is the one thing I enjoy also. I also, all over the place, my brain is too fast. So I want to do a million different things. I travel a lot back then and I'm like, okay, what can I do that actually ground me a bit? Because I was living in Europe for years and I just need something that, to think about career and that's come very naturally and very easy for me. I mean easy, nothing is easy in that, in that industry, but it was, it was the best decision I did. So you decided that because you wanted to do something that you liked or you wanted something to ground you, whatever struggle you faced in the middle of that was worth it. Or yeah, how did there you There is get tons through? of struggles. Like during my career, there is a lot of failure and, and you know, and that's what makes me better and make me grown. So what's your approach to struggle? What's your approach to... The best way. You know, sometimes what I look always, I've struggled a lot in many different ways. I have a, a crazy first marriage and a lot of things happen. And I always tell people, you know, when I talk about it, that somebody said that before, that the magic is to find the moment of what you gain out. I'm trying to put it in, in right words, you know, but there is gain of every failure and every struggle. There is a huge gain. That's the magic is to find it. People take them 
long time, sometimes it's take long time to look back. I said, oh my God, I'm happy I went through that. It's horrible. It can be a huge tragedy that you can understand. Or if you have a faith in God, so why God did that to me? Like what? I'm not, you know, and I think that for me, I figure out every little things, every failure, every restaurant I close, every bad partnership I have, every disappointed of person I always look back and I'm like, wow, that was the best things. That was actually have to happen. And even if in a small things, like when I said, why I wasn't successful on this, 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 I'm like, because maybe I wasn't ready. My ego wasn't ready to get so much recognition because I would go nuts. So it could be million different layers and, and different things to, to kind of understand why it happened, but it should happen. And that's my path, you know? And, and I think it's, it's a great one with the great and the bad, because if you know how to learn out of it, it's great. If not, it's a little bit tricky. Do you go into experiences and into new endeavors with that mindset, or is that something that you only have after? Because I also have that, but usually after. And then when I'm in it, I try and focus on the positive and like what I'm going to learn it's on hard. it. But sometimes you also just have to say, this sucks. Like this just sucks. I have a lot of things. The last five years was the hardest five years ever. Financially, I was crushed and a lot of things happened. I closed one of my favorite place. I opened Kishkash. A lot of bad things happened. I have disappointed by people that I felt like I took them and, and nurturing, you know, and it's happened. But through that time as well, I was like... You know what? It will finish. It's not. It cannot get worse. It got worse actually, but then <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> but then it got better, and then you know now I appreciate things get better now, and I'm so appreciative of it. And I think it's the other things. I'm 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 very optimistic. Like I'm endless. Like it's optimism. It's like the number one, which has helped me a lot in life. But. It's interesting because I'm now I'm appreciate everything's coming my way. I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, nothing. Take nothing for granted. Do you feel like you went in with that mindset? Like you were you were okay with the struggle when you started, or were you idealistic and you thought this is gonna be perfect and everything's gonna be great? Always. That's the problem, you know. And I'm married to a very pessimistic person. The opposite. I wouldn't say pessimistic. I think realistic. And I'm not realistic. I'm like living in a la la land. I want to believe that everything's gonna be great, and and it's not always like that. And it's fine. I'd rather stay that uh, to have that state of mind than anything than to change. I'd rather be thinking that things are going to go great than, you know. But I'm, I'm more, I think I, I grew up a bit. So now when I do partnership, it would be more protect, I would be more protective of myself not to get to the same mistake I did before. I would hire a lawyer. I used to hate lawyer. Now I have to. If I have a contract, it's going to go through. You know, things change. Change. I'm a little bit more protective of myself not to get to the same hole, but, but I'm still very optimistic. What keeps you going? Why do you keep doing it? Why do you, why you start a restaurant? You've opened more restaurants. Why? I don't know. It's a million dollar question. I don't know. Every once in a while in a pandemic, I said, I'm done. In a pandemic, I was upstate for six months straight. I raised chicken. I have chicken up there. I have a garden. I have a, a pottery wheel. I have exercise in the morning. It was perfect. I learned my kids' name. They're great. <laughs> I have so many things happen that I, I always work. Since I'm 15, I'm working. Did I'm you like, like your kids when you met them for the first time last year? They funny. They nice. funny. They smart. They're pretty cool kids. Nice. They like people. Uh, they're good. So in the pandemic, I said, okay, maybe I relax. I can relax. I can stop. And the minute things got back, I'm just like a, a train that cannot stop. I, 
I like to be active a lot and do a lot of different things. Why did you decide to open a restaurant? Because I want to cook for the mass. I want people... For me, it was a lot about the mission as well. You know, New York, what falafel you had before Taim? How nice for me is to uh, tell people how to pronounce Sabih. Also, the best french fries in the entire world are at Taim. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the so best price. The Sabih, the, the Sabih. Nobody did Sabih here. They didn't know what is Sabih. Say, bitch, may I have to say, bitch? <laughs> I'm like, it's so nice. So I, I brought falafel. I brought Sabih. And then when I opened Balabusta, which was... People didn't know, I think, I was in fine dining for years before Taim. So I was working in top-notch restaurant in New York. And open Taim was embarrassment for me for a second and a half until I got, like, a lot of, you know. And I want to get back to cooking because how long I can continue making falafel balls. So I want to get back to cooking, and Balabusta was like, okay, now I need to, I need to introduce my culture. So Balabusta is probably some of the first restaurant in the city that use Arisa and all different kind of tahini and labne, doing our own organic labne in a restaurant and doing hamusta and kube and things that people, you know, there was shakshuka. It was two other restaurants in the town that do shakshuka. Yeah, like, so it was very nice for me to introduce and always trying to be on top of that cuisine because I have a lot of knowledge about that. So for me, it was... Kind of a mission, almost. Bring Israel, not even just Israel, bring... Middle East, yeah. yeah. It's Israel and Middle East. And uh, as uh, somebody that grew up with a Yemenite Persian parents... That Yemenite and Persian? My dad was Yemenite, my mom is from Iran. He born in Israel, in Tel Aviv, but my mom born in Iran and came to Israel when she was 10 and been adopted by Iraqi home for five years. So she cooked Iraqi and Persian home a lot at home. So we had a lot of multicultures in the house with, with food, a lot of food. What role does Judaism play in your Huge. philosophy of perseverance and also in your restaurant? Huge. And I'm very secular. It's funny because, and I have a mix. It's kind of weird. That's the one thing I want to solve in my life is to feel completely clean and completely, I can't have even explain that. My parents got religious when I was 12. A lot of force, a lot of brainwash, a lot of seminars, a lot of you need to be religious, a lot of like, I grew up with a lot of it, which I hated. And when I married a non-Jew, it was very, a strike on them. It was really, really hard. And for me, I don't believe in a lot of things in, in the rules. I can't believe that God actually ever won, that God can be that human and that so much like egos and and narcissism and it's can just cannot I cannot believe that the God that created for me God is so much more than that so much more clean so much more you know full of love and not like oh you do that I'm gonna so I, I look at, at the religion in a very different way and I think what I did during the years is took all the stuff I love and that's the community and that's the closeness with my family. And it's a lot of different things. Having my friends around Shabbat dinner every week, having every holiday with like crazy amount of people that, you know, gathering together. Also introduce my non-Jews friends to Shabbat. So many friends actually adapt that and start making Shabbat dinner on Sundays and, and just the understand of that. So I took the, the stuff that are more spiritual, it's more like in a spiritual way than follow rules and, uh, you know, but it's a huge part of our life. And my work, my restaurant, my, it's, yeah. 
I can't wait for the follow-up to this podcast on your religious life. But for now, uh-huh. <laughs> I think we're going to end it here. And thank you for illuminating struggle and perseverance and victory, whatever that means for me. By the time I get to my Thursday conversation for this show, I always think I have a pretty good understanding of what that week's sphere means. And then I talk to someone, like a knot, and realize that I had not even come close to internalizing that meaning. A knot spoke about perseverance with so much life. When I think about Netzach, I think about struggle, and my body collapses. But she had the exact opposite demeanor. She talks about struggle and perseverance with joy. And that's because she knows that through the struggle, she is getting somewhere even better. It may take a long time to understand where that somewhere is, but she knows she's moving towards it. And with that, tomorrow I'm going to bring everything together that I've done this week and reflect on what I've learned in a week of Netzach. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Friday. Hey. It's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. I started this week saying that Netzach is the attribute that I dread the most. I also acknowledge that that's probably because it's the one that I'm also connected to the most. And after a week of it, I realized that that's true. I get Netzach. Or at least I think I do. The thing with Netzach is that it's kind of hard to recognize it when you're in it. I persevere every single day. Like Dossie said, it's pushing through those moments when you want to stop and let go of whatever it is you committed to, just because it's too much to keep going. At the end of this week, I'm left feeling like my entire life is building up to some kind of end. Yes, a literal end, but also something bigger. But I don't know exactly what. Which leads me to think that this week is different than all the rest because Netzach is something that we all do instinctively. If you're alive, you're doing Netzach. This week felt less like an attribute that I'm working on and more like an attribute of myself to become aware of. This is my philosophy side coming out because this is abstract, but what I mean by that is that I think this week isn't about learning to do Netzach, learning how to persevere, but rather recognizing the different ways that you are already persevering in your life and at base level, Acknowledging the fact that you are persevering just by living. Life's a struggle, and we compound that struggle when we take on commitments. Like, for instance, a podcast that comes out every weekday for seven weeks. Whatever it is you're doing, you're moving, growing, and persevering. It's exactly what Anat talked about in the process of getting to where she is now. She set out on the journey, did what she felt was the right thing to do, and learned lessons she did not expect to learn. When I asked her why cooking, she didn't have an answer beyond, it was the only thing I could do. Then when I asked her why she decided to open a restaurant, the only answer she had was that it felt right. It wasn't some overwrought plan, just the constant pursuit of what she felt she needed to do. Like Booker T. Washington wrote, a knot embodies the idea that struggle and perseverance can lead to clarity of vision. You come to understand why you're here. Perseverance is everyday life. Perseverance is mundane. 
It's not a Nike commercial. It's waking up every day and living your life through the suck. As Washington writes, when you understand perseverance, you gain the most beautiful thing, a deepening and widening of your hold on life. You get to feel like every moment of life is yours. This week is about awakening to the struggle of life and trusting that although we might not know what the end goal is, there will be something for us along the way. Which obviously sets us up perfectly for next week's trait of hode, or humility and submission to a higher power. Because what is believing in the struggle if you don't believe that there's anything bigger than you in the world? That's it for 49 Days to Stretch My Soul this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get the daily version. Forty Nine Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scaramuccia, and Sara Fredman Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unell on Instagram. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts.